Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. My name is Steven Sahoyes. That's Wesley Chang. And we're here to break down everything from a fantasy football perspective from week five across the National Football League. And, Wes, this week we saw some players that were supposed to deliver drop the ball, unfortunately. It's true. You know, week five, there's been some ups and downs, but... At this point, we want to talk about some guys who are due for a bounce back and should be doing better than where they currently are relative to their ADP. So, Stevie, why don't you hit us off the top here? Who do you got? The first guy I want to talk about is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And this was supposed to be the dream spot. The Raiders entering this matchup were allowing the most fantasy points to running backs per game. And Edwards-Alaire just didn't deliver. Now, when you go back and watch the game, you're going to see he had a touchdown called back from an offensive pass interference call. Ah, a debatable call. Travis Kelsey got flagged for the play. But Edward Delaire is not someone who I am panicking too much about. And in fact, I think he's someone who bounces back in week six against the Buffalo Bills. He's still being a very effective runner, averaging more than four yards per carry. The one thing with Edward Delaire I'd like to see is a little more involvement in the passing game. I think we're going to start seeing that moving forward with now Sammy Watkins out of the lineup this week for Kansas City. David Johnson is probably the first thing that I got on the list here. They started off 0-4. Bill O'Brien ultimately got fired. And a lot of that negative game script didn't really work in David Johnson's favor. They won last week. And if you look at the schedule moving ahead, they actually have quite a favorable schedule for the running back position they don't end up playing a top 10 running back defense or rush defense up until week 13. So David Johnson has all the opportunity to set him up for success. But more detailed here, let's look at some stats that should uh, paint a better picture for him. He's had just under 80% of the snap share out of the backfield, whereas Duke Johnson, he's under 30%. If you look at some of the red zone opportunities, how that's been distributed for the Texans, David Johnson gets over 80% of those looks, so he's primed to be able to get some positive regression from a touchdown standpoint. But his ADP, he was drafted as the RB23. He's actually the RB21, so it's not as bad as it seems. I think moving forward, you can peg him as somebody who should finish as a top 20 running back overall. The next guy I'm going to talk about has been infuriating for fantasy managers because the upside is there with Michael Gallup. He just hasn't been able to put it together in more than one game this season. And a lot of that has to do with the target volume. And now the target percentage on the Cowboys for Gallup is fairly low. That's not a big concern because the Cowboys are throwing the ball a ton this season. So while the percentage might be low, he's still getting a decent amount of volume and what has me excited about Michael Gallup moving forward is actually what I saw between him and Andy Dalton obviously not a good situation for anybody with Dak Prescott getting hurt but when Andy Dalton checked into the game he turned to Michael Gallup when he needed him the most on that final drive that led to the game-winning field goal once Dalton checked in Gallup posted a three for 65 line that really showed me that maybe there's a bit of a connection between these two players and Gallup. He is getting a lot of air yards, second most among receivers on the Cowboys. So he's still involved in the offense. Don't lose hope with Michael Gallup just yet. I want to see how this connection between him and Andy Dalton continues to grow moving forward. 
Looking at the quarterback position, Kirk Cousins is somebody on the QB2 perspective that we want to draw your attention to. He finished in 2019 as a QB18, but in Yahoo Leagues, he was drafted as a 27th QB overall. And the biggest knock coming into the season was the loss of Stephon Diggs and them thinking this Vikings offense was really going to lean on the run more. So that second part of it is true, but what has emerged, Justin Jefferson is actually as advertised. If you look at their current ratings, Thielen and Jefferson are graded as top three wide receivers in the entire NFL, and that clearly bodes well for Kirk Cousins. He had a big dud in week two. I think a lot of people were concerned that the loss of Diggs was going to stay, but with the emergence of these two, uh, these two wide receivers, he's been able to throw the ball more downfield than he has in previous seasons. He currently leads the entire NFL in average depth of target. He has the most completions of 20 yards or more. And with the skill set that he has on this team with Thielen and with Jefferson, you can expect them to have a lot more opportunities to make those big plays down the field. He's got a soft schedule coming up and could be a very good upside QB2 for you in Superflex or two QB leagues. DAZN. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. Next on the docket, we got the Mustache Club. And Gio Bernard, he is available out there. But Stevie, we're going to talk about some guys you can get ahead of on the wire week seven onwards. One guy who might have been dropped in your fantasy football league because of the weird obviously situation the unusual situation I should say is Damian Harris the Patriots were supposed to play in week five that game got pushed back until week six because of the COVID-19 situation surrounding New England and maybe he got dropped in your league because of it he is a nice ad we all know right now running back is not the most fruitful position in fantasy football but Harris looked really good against the Kansas City Chiefs rushing for 100 yards and he is a player who is not going to have a ton of passing game upside because New England has James White. And the touchdown upside is going to be a little limited, too, because we know Cam Newton seems to be the preferred option at the goal line. But Damian Harris proved that he could be an efficient runner and someone who maybe is capable of pulling off the odd big play. He did have that 40-yard run against Kansas City. And you have to remember, dating back to his days at Alabama in college, he actually outtouched Josh Jacobs in each of their final season in college. So Damian Harris is definitely a guy who you can stash on your bench and hope that the upside comes true with Harris. Another player that may have been dropped in your leagues, Henry Ruggs. He's currently rostered in just under 50% of Yahoo leagues. And his return in week five was a welcome presence for the Vegas Raiders. In the three games he's played for the team this year, look, guess what? They won all three games. He looked healthy as well. On that 72-yard touchdown catch that he had, he registered the third fastest top speed in the NFL as per next-gen stats. This guy is the ultimate boom-bust play. Think of him like a poor man's Tyreek Hill. 
He might not bring it every single week. His target numbers are a little bit low, but all he needs is that one big play in order to hit. And when he does have a good matchup against teams that may have a favorable schedule against the wide receiver position, he's the ultimate play that you want to have. He's a critical part of this offense. They didn't draft him in the first round for no reason. Get him now on your teams. If he is available, he's the type of play that could really pay off come the fantasy playoff weeks. Jalen Rager is a very intriguing wide receiver prospect on the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's someone that you should be trying to stash on your IR spot. Now, he probably won't come back to the Eagles lineup until after their week nine bye week. But Rager is exactly what the Eagles are missing a true dominant force on the outside. Deshaun Jackson, he's missed some time with injury, but it's hard to expect him to also stay healthy at this stage of his career. It's been a task for him to just get into the lineup lately. And then we're also banking on the return of Alshon Jeffrey in Philadelphia's lineup, a player who we haven't seen be effective for quite some time. His 2019 numbers are anything but impressive. So Jalen Rager, when he returns, if he's able to come back at close to full health and, and make a difference, can be a difference maker in fantasy football. Like I said, this is a former first round pick. This is a player who has a lot of high pedigree. So I expect Jalen Rager to be the missing piece of the Eagles offense when he returns. On the subject of the Eagles, let's take a look at the tight end position a position that has been super thin thus far through the first five weeks of the year. Dallas Goddard is somebody that you should consider stashing. He hasn't played since week three. He might not return until week eight, but he has the type of upside, top eight upside, that could ultimately lead you to the championship. In the two healthy games that he did play this season, he led the team in pretty much all the receiving numbers. Targets, yards, red zone looks, and when he gets the opportunity, he very well could be the number one receiving option in this depleted receiving core. The biggest thing with Goddard, he, uh, even though if you look at the injury, exclude the injury game, he averaged the fourth most targets amongst the tight end position. And an argument could be made within his own team. He's actually usurped Ertz as the number one option for Wentz. So I encourage you to take a look at him as a name that if you have an IR spot, put him in that slot he could end up being a top eight tight end once he returns. Welcome back to the lineup. Let's dive into the waiver wire. And Stevie, both you and I had a consensus number one pick going into week six. Yeah, it had to be Chase Claypool, who emerged as the Steelers' number one wide receiver against the Philadelphia Eagles, serving up Four touchdowns the Canadian did on Canadian Thanksgiving, and he looked the part as a true X receiver. Now, part of his heavy involvement in the game did have to do with the fact that Deontay Johnson checked out very early with a back injury. But if Deontay Johnson misses time and potentially is not in the, the Steelers lineup for week six, it can be expected that Chase Claypool will be heavily involved. He had 11 targets leading all Steelers receivers last week. And the thing with Claypool is, even if Deontay Johnson is back, how do you not use this guy moving forward? How has he not earned a role in this Steelers offense? I think he proved to everyone on Sunday that he is ready and he is a wide receiver who I'm adding to my bench in fantasy football, especially in league sizes, about 10 teams 
or more. And I'm seeing what he can do moving forward because anytime a guy can score four touchdowns, that's very impressive. Another player whose roster percentage has dropped below 50%, Brandon Cooks. He finally had his big performance with the Texans in week five, and he's clearly established himself as the 1A and 1B with Will Fuller. Now, when they brought him onto the team, you always knew he was going to play a big role in this offense, but given the pandemic circumstances, it was really hard to expect him and Watson to be able to develop that chemistry so quickly. But if you look at the stats, he leads the wide receiving core in snap count. He has just one target less than Will Fuller, and let's not forget, Cooks is only 27 years old, and this guy had four years in a row of top 13 wide receiver production or better. The time has finally come, and with Houston having a softer schedule moving into the middle weeks of the fantasy season, you can expect him to be a high floor flex play going into the second half. If your team is in a pinch at the running back position, look no further than Alexander Madison on the waiver wire. He looked really good against the Seattle Seahawks, rushing for over 100 yards. And the, the transition from Cook to Madison was pretty seamless. He was able to do a lot of the things we saw Cook before he left the game with a groin injury. And the expectation is Cook is not going to be able to suit up in week six against the Atlanta Falcons. So a nice matchup awaits Madison in week six against the Falcons, who just gave up big fantasy days to both Mike Davis in week five and Aaron Jones the week before that. So if you need someone who you can plug and play as a RB2 this upcoming week, look at Alexander Madison on the Vikings, who are a run-first football team. With an embarrassment of riches at the wide receiver position this waiver wire, McCole Hardman is another name that you're likely going to be fighting for uh, on the wire. Sammy Watkins, he looks to be out for a couple of weeks, and he leaves behind just under six targets a game and two red zone looks per game. Coming into the season, Hardman was actually drafted above Watkins, so the breakout was expected. Some of the numbers, the underlying numbers, they also support that. If you look at the passer rating per player, Hardman actually has the higher, uh, the highest passing rating out of all of Mahomes' options. Now that Watkins is down, he's really only going to be fighting Robinson for touches. And as the guy who leads the entire team in yards after the catch, this is somebody who has boom-bust potential and has a huge upside potential to him. Look to him as a kind of flex play until Sammy Watkins returns. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the injury to Dak Prescott was absolutely crushing, not just from a fantasy football perspective, but from a human being perspective. However, in fantasy football, Andy Dalton has emerged as one of the top waiver ads for this week. And if you had Dak Prescott, this is the player I'm trying to target on the wire to replace him. Andy Dalton's no slouch. This is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and he gets to walk into an offense that has an embarrassment of riches when it comes to skill position players. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Ezekiel Elliott are four of the best players you can really be situated with in any offense. And Dalton is on a team that has maybe the worst defense I've seen in a long time. The Cowboys cannot stop anyone. The Giants were averaging under 15 points per game entering their week five matchup, and they let the Giants score 30 points on them. 
Dalton's going to stay busy through the air because they are just going to be in shootouts every single week. So that's why I think Dalton can flirt with QB1 numbers the rest of the way. We opened the show with some bounce back candidates. Let's close the show with some sell high candidates. Stevie, who are you shorting? The first player I'm going to mention is someone who I would definitely be trying to trade in my fantasy football league, and that's Todd Gurley of the Atlanta Falcons. He's got this nagging, reoccurring knee injury that he's been going through for the last couple of seasons, which is always a risk with Todd Gurley, and he's someone that could be a candidate to get his workload reduced because of it. So knowing that and knowing how touchdown-dependent Todd Gurley is, He's someone that I'm trying to sell high right now. If I can get in return for Gurley, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, someone along those lines, I'm definitely trying to trade Todd Gurley right now. My top sell high for week five is Juju Smith-Schuster, who was drafted as the wide receiver 12 in Yahoo Leagues. He had 166 targets during his 2018 breakout campaign. In 2020, he's on pace for 96. We talked about embarrassment of riches throughout this show. It's the third time we've mentioned it. Pittsburgh is another prime example of that. With Claypool uh, and with Deontay Johnson emerging as they have, there just simply aren't enough looks for Juju to get that type of volume he needs to be fantasy relevant. If somebody's still willing to offer you top 15 wide receiver value, now is the time to pull the shoot before those touches really start dispersing amongst his teammates. One player who is also a clear sell high in fantasy football just because of the changing situation is Daryl Henderson of the Los Angeles Rams. Head coach Sean McVay has already said he wants to get Cam Akers more involved for their week six matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. And Henderson is someone that if you're just looking at the fantasy box score, the numbers look great. He's posted over 18 fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. But there's a clear sell-high window right now with Henderson. And people who may not have managed Henderson or had him on their fantasy team, they don't know the struggle you went through in week four when he put up a dud against the New York Giants. That was supposed to be the Henderson go-off game, and it ended up being the Henderson no-show game. So he's already been kind of a frustrating player to manage in fantasy, and this situation's not getting any more clear. So Daryl Henderson is someone I'd be trying to trade. If I can get David Johnson in return for Daryl Henderson, that's a trade I am going to try and make. That's going to wrap up this episode of The Lineup, but if you want to keep up to date to everything related to the show, follow us on Instagram at Yahoo Sportier, or hit the subscribe button on YouTube as well. That's Wesley Chang. I'm Steve Tahoyas. Don't forget to set your lineup for week six of the National Football League.